Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Tonight we are on with Bald and Bonkers and Barry Fitzgerald. What's that? Ghost. What? It was, it was still playing. It was still playing. It's fine. Oh, really? It's fine. It's fine, eh? Hi. Hi. How you doing? Introduce yourself now. It's fine. Okay. You might need it. Okay. It's, it's fine. It's, it's ladies okay. and gentlemen. You know, I did, it was a very short, tr- if, if my friend Dakota's watching, Jesus, my friend, that was the toughest trailer I've ever like, seen in history. I know. We're like a minute and a half, so I'm starting. So we're going to put this on, we're going to put this on Dakota, okay? So. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Lisa Fry. Okay, okay. Lisa Fry, you my friend. You might Wrong people. <laughs> That's a brilliant. What? Can't even make that stuff up. <laughs> no, you can't make it up. All right, hold on, reset. Right. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bald and Bonkers. Tonight we are here with Barry Fitzgerald of Ghost Hunters International fame and author of many, many books. So welcome, Barry. It's so nice to meet you and, and see you here. And of course, then we have Chris. Yes, we have me. Chris don't mind here. me. I'm just like a figment of my imagination. <laughs> you know? No, you'll yeah. have things to say. I know you will. So it's perfect. I've got, I've got questions. I've got questions to ask him about his ghost hunting days. You know, but I know oh, you've got questions to ask him I about do, his book. I do. I do. Because his ladies, I will say this. I will say this, ladies and gentlemen. While you're here, all links to my friend Barry Fitzgerald's books is uh, in the description. You know, um, please go and check out his books. But please also check out The Deception of Gods and Men because it's an absolute fantastic mm-hmm. read. It's one of the best Absolutely. I've read in a long time. Thank you, Chris. I had to do that for you. I had to do that for you, man. Off you go, Lisa. Okay, so um, thank you so much for being on today, Gary. This is, um, I, I don't know if Chris told you, I was really looking forward to this. Um, just oh, because this is how like my whole life kind of gelled with ghost hunters and all that. So um, can you tell us a little bit uh, what you've been doing since ghost hunters? Cause I, they're not t- taping anymore, correct? No, they're not. No. And so I've been, I've been uh, working a lot with, uh, with the writing, of course, uh, developing my own projects um, and, uh, and did a lot of, of short documentaries there that went out onto, onto my YouTube channel. We ended up investigating as well. We, we, we went to Peru to investigate the three-fingered mummies that uh, that were appearing in the desert in Nazca. And mm-hmm. so we uh, we wanted to see what was going on there. Were they alien mummies um, or were they something else? And it turned out they were indeed something else. Um, so we blew the lid on, on that particular um, series of events. And... And in fact, recently I have been uh, I've been spending a lot of time on on a, a small island here in Ireland, um, filming archaeologists as uh, they were conducting a dig um, into the ancient past of Ireland. And, and this particular island is surrounded by high strangeness. So um, um, there could be something coming from that project that uh, that I'm very very intrigued to bring forward. I can't give any more details on that, of course, but. But uh, it has been it has been an ex, an exceptional journey um, to and, and, and it was a, gr- a great um, experience to work with the archaeologists on that project. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now I have to ask um, because for a brief for a brief time I was following the three fingered mummies and can oh, you yes. tell us what the other is? 
I mean, I know you. I know that the other is that uh, that they were all manufactured, um, and uh, and we we were using a team from from Russia, from France, from England. And, uh, and in fact, there was there was a group of Peruvians that were working with us as well, um, that were helping us blow the lid on on this. And 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 we couldn't get an answer on the DNA sequencing. Um, every time it was all over the place. Um, we couldn't understand why we were getting different different uh, uh, figures. But it was whenever we we got the uh, the copies of the X-rays. Um, that that that's whenever uh, the bone specialists went to work on it and, and they, they they peeled these things apart and we discovered um, which particular bones and from which animals they were using and 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 the orientation was all wrong the people who were putting them together um, didn't know what they were doing and uh, and some of the some of the bones were also harvested from from dead infants. Um, and uh, so all of this was going on, and because because a lot of the the skin um, of these particular uh, mummies were being dipped in various different chemicals to help stretch the skin over the bones, and um, that's what was affecting the DNA. Oh. Um, so uh, so that's all. All this was uh, was was all in the mix, and and of course then. Um, uh, we quickly found out that uh, that there was uh, there was a lot of money and, uh, being attempted to be made from from this particular uh, um, series of, of of bodies, and uh, and the black market was heavily involved. Mm. See, we had an um, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying that's shocking. Using like kids' remains, that's actually really, really. I never mm-hmm. knew that. That's that's really bad. Don't you go? Well, yeah. you, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it's, I, I find myself, um, I, I, I suppose my response to, to, to all of it is, is highly contradictive because I, I didn't like the idea that, that we were being fooled. Um, and there was, there was, there was a lot of, of big names were involved in this to, uh, right. to fool the, the populace. Um, mm-hmm. but, when when you go to Peru, you do see poverty there, and oh, yeah. the the poverty is unlike anything else that we see here in the West, um, and uh, and that that in in some aspect I uh, aspects I can understand why some people were doing this, but you can be sure as there's a, as there's a hole in the duck that uh, that the people at the bottom weren't making money from this. As always, it was the people at the top. Right, mm-hmm. right. So um, we we have a uh, we teach a class on on Mondays, and one of the things that we were doing was we were watching the series mm-hmm. through the large corporation that was, you know, putting the series through their their uh, broadcast, you know, their mm-hmm. their viewership, and um, we actually have one of the guys from the chat that's in the that was in our group that night going, this is a fake, this has been proven a fake. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I actually love the fact that you were in on helping, because um, I didn't know that, that you had helped disprove that. Because I do love the fact, um, I, I love putting science to, uh, to the test here, you know, actually yeah. putting the met- metaphysical things to the test of science, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we talk about that a lot because um, I always feel like science is always trying to catch up to some of the things we do as well, where we're just, you know, it's hard to, um, explain some of the things that happen on a more metaphysical yeah. area, yes. and it makes mm-hmm. it look bad. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When people try. It, to it, it does. It does. Although today we're living in a very very strange world of science. Science is becoming the new religion, and, and it's unfortunate that we're also seeing um, this carelessness within science. Um, where a lot of it cannot be reproduced within the laboratory. And so we need to be very, very careful and put on the brakes and just say, easy now, easy, um, and and, and take our time going through this. Um, And there is is a lot of the metaphysics that does cross into the scientific fields. There is already a lot of work out there that has been done in regards to this, Mm -hmm. but a huge amount of it falls to the wayside because it doesn't fit mainstream. Right. Uh, so and and there are narratives there that, that need to that, that need to be questioned within the mainstream. Right. Uh, but uh, but it is, you know, science in, in in itself is exceptionally valuable. And there is no doubting that. But we have to be careful about how it's used because it can mm-hmm. uh, like like any sword it's a double edge. Right. Correct. Correct. Um so I um I have to tell you, the first 30 minutes of listening to uh, The Consequences of Gods and Men, uh, that's Barry's book that I, I've i been talking about on our group, like, all this week. And uh, because I'm like, okay, I only have – this is a four-hour book, and I have only so many hours in a day, so I'm trying to, you know, drive and listen. Yeah. And in the first 30 minutes, I've called, I called my husband, like, three times. <laughs> and I'll pause the book because when we drive long distances, we travel an awful lot. So when we drive long distances, we always put in an audio book and then we, there's a million times it stops and we discuss what's going on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just did that to him while he was at work and I was driving <laughs> on the road, which he loves, you know, he, he has to and, um, Oh, so I call him and I'm like, oh my gosh, honey, these things, are like, I've already heard these things and that, he, that you were talking about in, in your book. So um, I, I started, you know, yeah, I'm listening to the, because we don't have to know everything. You know, it's the beautiful part of every yes. day you learn something new. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting here going, wait a minute, there's fairies and there's fae? What the heck is going on? My world just melted. And I just went, oh, let me call my husband. Um, so he just loved it. But can you tell us, uh, you know, your basic premise for uh, this particular book? And uh, I just, and it's going to come so much better for you. I'm going to have questions too, don't worry. Sure. The perceptions of gods and men came about because we wanted to to explore what was communicating with us, what was coming through the void, um, and and why were we seeing high levels of deception, um, and and how did it interact with us? Where do we see this interaction happen? And and is this is this across a broad spectrum? Of, of research fields, the, the fringe research fields, and it was. There was a common thread that wove its way through a lot of, of the fringe research fields, and, and a lot of the phenomena was being, was, was connected in that particular premise. And, and from our standpoint, it was a case of identifying in principle the maths in which this phenomena wishes to be recognized, um, and, and of course, we are also to blame for some of those masks, the way that we interpret the phenomena that's coming through. But more to the point, it was about tracking the phenomena in, in the way that it interacts with us. Because when we track the mask, the mask itself ended up, uh, it delivered us 
directly into the face of a brick wall. Uh, we were getting nowhere with the mask, but by tracking it by the phenomena in which it interacted with us, we were able to go way back. And that's where we were making these connections and seeing the, the, the commonality between a huge amount of the phenomena, which we thought before was pigeonholed in other sectors and didn't come out of that pigeonhole. Well, guess what? Um, it is coming out of the pigeonhole and we're looking possibly at the same source. Wow. Wow. And, you know, you can you can see, and I, I, I'm going to push this out here as to how I see that, like the differentiation between... Um, uh, how humans see one God versus another God versus another God, kind of like following down through history is what we're talking about, right? Kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that type of thing. And, you know, there are many gods, of course, that, that, that are derived from possibly three different um, other deities and amalgamated into one. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So about breaking all of that down and, and saying, okay, what are we actually dealing with? How is this coming through? And why is there a high level of deception with it? Um, and that's that's why we ended up um, um, dabbling into the science fields and ufology and cryptozoology mm-hmm. and all of that. Because they all kind of track, you oh, know. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, uh, because I haven't done this my whole life. This is the, what I do with my life now. I didn't start until I was 38 years old when it was like, you know, all of a sudden uh, you get to see dead people and talk to people that, mm-hmm. don't, you know, aren't standing there in front of you. Um, so that was uh, a huge change and shift in our in our life. But I, I look at it, always look for, as the better because um, – We've had so much positive change. So you're talking about the deception, but do you also find good behind that as well? Yes. But the problem is, you see, within within today, um, especially within the, the, the research fields, um, and, and, and those who are just out for, for um, giggles, um, they don't understand that there is, there, there's a more serious aspect to the phenomena behind all the palaver and, uh, and and everything else that can go with that. Um, so from from our standpoint, what Brian and I wanted to do was to was to really pull that apart, look at it, um, and uh, and and really put a stamp on it and say, wait a minute, let's 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 examine this. Let's and really you know the driving force behind this book was to challenge what was coming through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is a very, very important part to, uh, to consider and remember that if we end up making communication with something or developing communication with something that comes through the veil, that should not mind, if it's there for a positive nature, that should not mind a few questions for clarity. But oh, many, of them, many of them don't. The moment that um, you become suspicious of them, mm-hmm. they're gone. Right. They will not remain for, to, be, to be questioned on the spotlight. They do not like good cop, bad cop. Um, gotcha. and, uh, and that, that's, that's an, uh, an important thing to remember. And that, you know, by, by all intents and purposes, that speaks volumes. And right. it does. It does not want to remain to, to clarify its position. And all we're wanting to do is to establish a line of, of trust. Mm-hmm. So for that we have to question. 
Um, and if that does not wish to question, and if it, if, if, if it even gets a whiff of that we are not completely sold on this, right. it's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, what what's really interesting about that, though, is you find that people that, and you say out for giggles, right, to um, start on this type of path and they do it just for the fun of it, which I did mm-hmm. in the beginning because I didn't know any better and didn't have any teachers at that point. Uh, you end up communicating and bringing things around you that are negative, which I did stupidly mm-hmm. and figured out how to get rid of it, you know, and mm-hmm. had had to deal with that right out the gate. So I think that's a that was a huge um lesson but i never really kind of thought of it that way i just kind of went oh look i picked up a negative whatever and didn't think of it as anything larger than just you know a a particular entity in one spot Mm -hmm. um but it's really really uh interesting so you you talk about oh so uh you talk about the anunnaki a lot in here not necessarily the anunnaki but i in the beginning i was really writing notes okay uh so the mm-hmm. so in the beginning i was listening to the hope about the hopi and they the, they call them the anu the the, mm-hmm. the aunt people they call them the anu and then the, the naki is the word for friend and i was like well <laughs> look at that right there <laughs> it really did shock me because you know, I, I know about the Dogon tribe and how that name has gone across the world and people are like, how does this tie up? But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're really looking from, like, what most people think of, you know, Mesopotamia, you know, and all those areas over there that have mostly talks about the Anunnaki and then you're talking about the Hopi Indians and it just is such a a wide variety that it just shows you that we have no idea at the broad scope of Really, we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is, it is amazing to see the commonality between between cultures and tribes globally. Yeah. And GHI gave me that advantage to do that, um, to, to meet people of of the Maori, um, of the Zulu of South Africa, and, and, oh, and cool. places like that. So, you know, I, I was able to question where they were coming from. And at that particular point, I'm thinking in the southern hemisphere. Hold on. How were they encountering the same things that we were encountering in the Northern Hemisphere from the Celtic perspective? Um, how is that possible? Um, and, uh, and then started to look at, is it possible that we're looking at the same thing North and South of the Hemisphere? And that, of course, then started to, started the wheels to turn um, and, and, and eventually, of course, result in uh, the release of the book, The Deceptions of Gods and Men. Consequences. I keep saying consequences so much. I do. Um, so, and I have it. I have it in my book too. Okay. Um, so you have written quite a few books. Uh, you have written, and I was really interested, and in, I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, the about the banshee and the modern banshee. encounters with the banshee. I'm enthralled. That's my next read, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's truly. Uh, you know, we're over here in America. You know, we don't have anything like that. I mean, that's what I'm aware of. Well, um, you see, with, in, in regards to the in regards to the banshee, um, we we understood the that particular entity from the name itself, and and the name was was rather shallow in in its interpretation because we have banshee and in in, in in Gaelic Gaelic. Um, of course, it is a woman of of the she, woman of the of the fairy. But but the term she is not necessarily relating to the fairy per se. 
that's actually relating to the Neolithic mounds that dot across um, the, the the both islands um, uh-huh. um, here and and in the UK, and uh, and we have to understand that 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 is means woman of the mounds. Banshee is woman of the mounds. Who built the mounds? People from Mesopotamia. Really? Uh, yes. And that, that, that is that is a huge thing. And um, because uh, recently I was uh, I was going through some of the cuneiform tablets, some of the translations from cuneiform tablets, and came across a reference to an entity that was identical to the banshee. Then it made sense. Hold on a second. The people who were writing the cuneiform tablets came here to build the passage chambers. Um, so it's quite possible that she came from there to here. Um, and, you know, when, when we go and we start looking at a, at a lot of this particular phenomena, we see, again, this is one of those little connecting factors throughout a lot of the phenomena. We find a lot of it around rocks. Um, we find we find a lot of it in, in rock strata, in in in, uh, in uh, rock plateaus, in in cliffs, in cave systems. Again, it's back to the rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and David Politis in, in the United States, uh, within his work of Missing 401, he uh, he's gone on record to say that that a huge amount of people um, that disappear in the United States under unusual circumstances disappear in rock formations and boulder fields and we see we see within ufo um, phenomena for instance we'll see the craft entering flying into a cliff face and back out of it again and we see a lot of cryptids disappear into rocks right and so you know it's, it's all about the rocks and and from an english perspective you have you have the entity the the old folk tale of the goblin um, and uh, but if you track if you track the name back and etymology, there's a value in etymology understanding the the, the direction of words. Um, you go back into Middle France French and it's gobelin, and you move back into Germanic terminology, it becomes kube. Kube means hole in stone, so it's coming oh, from stone. That's so interesting. Um, so th- there is a huge value. In, in etymology, even even and, and Chris, from from our standpoint, because our my land is very similar to your land, um, in, in that aspect, and and when you when you consider the likes of the, the naming of townlands, there is a value in understanding uh, the etymology of how that townland became known as what it is, um, and today we've lost that. We have absolutely lost that. For instance, um, I was uh, I was at a location, oh maybe uh, uh, ten years ago, and uh, and I, I I stood on the banks of this island, watching these huge what we huge lights, multicolored lights, um, zipping back and forward over the landscape. Um, and for anyone else, they would say, "What is that? That's a UFO." Um, but whenever we took the compass readings, and and went back to the maps. Um, and again, going back to the townlands, mm-hmm. we find the townland was named where the lights were appearing, Balanashi, settlement of the Shi. Settlement oh. of the We've got these huge lights that are appearing still in that location. And um, so the phenomena is something that has been known for hundreds and hundreds of years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think Isn't that, that amazing? 
I, I find that really interesting about the mounds because not far from me, there's a place called Oban. Mm. And I was, I was there not long ago and there's mounds. There's mounds there. And mm. I was talking to someone about it and I was like, oh, I've seen strange lights. And they were telling me, they were telling me that it was a ghost story that their father had told them. But I don't know if it was a ghost because because it was strange lights round about these mounds, and then they would move to the next mound, and then they would move to the next mound. Yeah, you tend to get get a lot of the UFO phenomena around the the ancient sites. Yeah, Um, and and you know, I have I have. um, interviewed people who have been who have stood on the wayside observing these craft as they as the craft are examining with with some type of, of light probe the mm-hmm. the ancient formations before disappearing into them and not returning. Wow. Uh, so there's there's a huge amount that that we have well, that we have completely forgotten, but our manuscripts are full of ancient references to this to this phenomenon, both cryptozoology and 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 ghosts and 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 of course UFOs and everything else. I, I, I just want to add. Oh, oh, no, I want to add. I was just uh, uh, just off the cuff mm-hmm. as you were going through the cuneiform tablets. It was just like I was reviewing the cuneiform tablets, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> all the time. I do it all the time. It's my like off duty thing that I do is go through the cuneiform tablet. <laughs> you're so you're you're just like I you've done these really cool amazing things that you know most of us were like serious. <laughs> but it was just you just did it with like okay, it's all good. But it sounds fascinating. <laughs> There's a lot for me. There's a lot in what our ancestors have left us. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of value, and and I find that in today's society, we have folks coming along and saying, in their life experience of this life, well, if it didn't happen to me, it doesn't happen. It's not real. It's imagination. It's all make believe. It's fake. Um, So they're determining thousands of years of experience from our ancestors and with one swipe of their hand and one lifetime they're they're poo-pooing it um, and I think that, that's a huge injustice to our ancestors yeah I was going I was actually you're talking about the ships and strange objects round about certain stone oh, structures sorry. look at the the UFOs that have been seen is it Mount Shasta um, oh, yeah. and oh, then yeah. you've got you've you've seen like UFOs going into volcanoes, which mm-hmm. is very strange. Just before they erupt, I mean, what is your thoughts on that? What is what do you think? What do you think that is? Do you think it is the alien craft, or do you think it's like some type of energy? I'm asking you, Barry. <laughs> uh, Mount Shasta, um, we by using the satellite technology, we're able to identify key areas, um, both north and south of, of the hemisphere. And just, I think it's a uh, just west, slightly west of Mount Shasta, there is a key area. There, there, there's a, there's a focal point, not the mountain itself, but but just west of it, about maybe a mile or so, I think, of, if, if memory serves me right, um, is is a key area, and it's, and it's heavily forested. Um, so uh, that would be a place that I would be wanting to go to um, if, if if I got the chance. Um, but 
Now, in, in regards to other areas and what people are seeing and everything else, um, there is there is a, there is a problem with that, especially whenever we're we're trying to call the phenomena in, um, because there are there are side effects to that 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 we really need to understand. You know, when we're calling it in, we're inviting it, um, yes. and and <laughs> that puts us into a very unusual area. Um, and and also the phenomena that, that that can that can come with that can be very very troubling for a, for a long time, um, especially trying to shake it off. So we need to understand that that standing outside, shining lights into the sky and making contact um, is is okay. But be aware that you're opening the inv- you've opened an invitation. Yeah. Um, and that goes that goes right across the board that you got to understand what you're doing and and like many things within paranormal investigating we open the door we say hello is there anyone there but we rarely close that door again yes it's it's quite interesting to see that Barry because there's a few people in the chat saying the CE5 in particular uh, what's your thoughts Body. Yeah, um, the very the very same thing. You know, back in the 1970s, there was a, there was a university in the U.S. that uh, that did this. They were they were way before um, Stephen Greer's work, and uh, they ended up inviting phenomena in um, that included poltergeist activity, apparitions appearing in their rooms as they slept at night. Um, their their homes were invaded. Um, and uh, they were open to to physical attack, to never mind spiritual attack. Um, and, uh, and 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 these creatures were appearing within their property as well. Now that was back in the back around I think 1970. The experiments had to be stopped, um, and there were side effects from from that from those experiences that that the students weren't prepared for. They didn't exactly know what they were doing. Um, now moving forward um, into the 1970s, we've got the experiments that were being conducted in the Livermore laboratories, in which scientists were establishing contact with this energy, um, and again, it appears and and appeared in broad daylight. And it should be pointed out that that there was there was things including strange birds, huge birds, in fact, that were appearing in the bedrooms of the scientists. There were in one instance there was an arm appeared with a hook on the end, and it twisted the hand around as if showing off the hook on the arm rotated in the middle of, of their hotel room. Um, they thought they were going crazy, they, and uh, and they were instructed to stop what they were doing. And, yeah. and they ended up, they ended up the, the experiments were, were cancelled. But move forward 25 years, and we find the same phenomena was appearing within the seance rooms of the school experiment in England. Mm-hmm. The, only, the only difference is that that the, ent- the entities there said that we had to do it in darkness. Well, why? 25 years before, you could do it in broad daylight. Yeah. And so again, the contradictions were there, but the phenomena, the phenomena was almost identical, um, including the hands that appeared and, and you know, the, the sitters would check up the arms and after the elbow, there was nothing. Physic, physical manifestation was occurring. And, and I think we get lost in this, this idea of nuts and bolts craft because yeah. anything can be manifested. 
And yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Anything can be manifested. And those experiments show this, that anything can be manifested. But the problem is here, you see, within the modern the modern approach, we've got this idea that, well, we can manifest. We, we, we can we can we can put it out to the universe and, and, and we can manifest. I want this to manifest into a banana. I believe it's a banana. Mm-hmm. It still can. So, um, the problem, the, the, you see, w- there's a lot of theory out there, very little practice. Um, so that's that's. I think, from my perspective, that's what I want to change. I want to I want to address this theory. I want to challenge mm-hmm. the theory, um, and I want to see what information we can gain from that. Something that we can, as as a species, we can we can learn from, we can develop from. Um, and, uh, and and work from that. The, the human body, I, I I feel, is exceptional. It is it is a wonderful piece of technology that can that can really glide along this area of metaphysics and science. Um, we have this innate ability to do that, but we can also hinder it. Um, um, so, but that's that's a different story altogether. Um, but uh, yes. It's very interesting, Barry, because say you said that the scientists were, were going back to their rooms and they were experiencing like a hook or a hand coming out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were exposed to something that affected them and when they went to their bed at night, maybe they were doing it with their brain. You would yeah. you, you, you would think that, but their wives were also experiencing it as well. So they, weren't part of the experience, right. or they were part of the experiment. Yeah. Right. Lisa? So basically, if you were out ghost hunting and something like that happened, <laughs> that's a moment that I would remember. I, I, I definitely would remember that. Um, but no, I mean, I it's it's uh, there's such a wide thought process in all of this, and everybody has their own opinion. Everybody is going to form their own opinion, you know. And it's I was listening to your book, going, "Wow," because uh, you know. Just like everything else in life, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't agree with everybody, and, and it's okay. Uh, and I'm sitting here going, but wow, there's a lot of things in here. I, and I said at the beginning, I already heard, mm-hmm. I had already heard about a lot of this, um, and it wasn't from the side as well, by the way. So, uh, and I think Chris could probably, uh, maybe in, in I, I guess maybe it was with Oz or something, but um, I've heard uh, some of my guides say, okay, well, this is who I was, I've been through history. I change my faces. To, mm-hmm. to accommodate yeah. the population, and mm-hmm. so you started talking about that. I was like, uh, okay, all right. Um, but it, it's you know, it, there's there was just so much in your book that was just absolutely fascinating. Um, shining ones, can you can you define oh, and tell a little bit about the shining ones? Nemesis. <laughs> I encourage everybody. So let me do this really quickly, everybody. If you have not liked and followed this page, either Facebook, YouTube, however you are, please go ahead and do that. But um, I do encourage you to go buy the book, The Deceptions of God and Man yeah. by Barry, because Barry Fitzgerald is on Amazon. You guys can find it there. You can find it in the links below. Um, but you guys, I want to hear about the Shining Ones. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the Shining Ones um, are, are a series of, of energies, beings, whatever you want to call them, um, that appear, again, we're, we're looking at the rock strata. Um, so they, they tend to appear around predominantly these areas. 
Now, when when we come again, when we come against something that is for our benefit, there's a lot to learn from the first 20 seconds. We call it the 20 second rule. This is not spoken about in the book, but what tends to happen is that within the first 20 seconds, our instinct, our intuition, our gift of discernment is giving us the information and that is relayed physically through the body. And we can, we can actually measure that within the science, within science. So this response that's coming through um, from our instinct, from our psychic ability, if you like, um, is telling us this is not what it seems or this is okay. If our body does not respond in certain ways within the first 20 seconds, generally it's going to be okay. But when your body responds in fear, when your fight or flight is kicking in, that is your instinct telling you this is not as it seems. Get ready to move. So when these shining ones tend to appear, um, we get, um, modern religion would, would jump all over these um, and call them various apparitions of Our Lady and Saint, whoever um, it would be. Um, that uh, that that's what these are, but that is not the case, because when we go back and we look at at these these um, appearances, especially in, in in the very early instances, um, the the very early accounts, when for instance, if we look at Medjugorje over in Eastern Europe, where Our Lady appears every Tuesday to deliver messages, um, when when this particular entity appeared on the top of the mountain. The children who witnessed her were stunned to fear. So their instinct was telling them, this is not as it seems, but by the 20 seconds, that was it. That was shut down. Um, and that's the 20 second rule. Because after we go past the 20 seconds, they can interfere with our uh, brain rhythm. And what we, what I'm theorizing is that uh, that within after the 20 seconds we're being pushed into a theta rhythm, um, and that's where we tend to get um, hypnotic suggestion implanted. That's where meditation will happen. Um, that's where we will attain false memory. So that's what we that we suspect is happening there at that particular moment. Now, when we go and we look at Lourdes, for instance, or Lourdes in, in France, uh, you've got St. Bernadette there who had this encounter of, again, in a rock, the, in the cave system, um, of this being that stepped out and, and, and she didn't know who it was. And this was her words. She did not know who this was. Um, and, and this being mimicked her as she went through the rosary. Never spoke to her, just mimicked her. Now, the church, of course, took that account and then smoothed it off to what it is today. Um, but in the early accounts, she did not recognize who it was. Um, the statues that were created on behalf of the church, she didn't recognize. In fact, she insisted, that is not what I saw. The the being itself was smaller than, than Bridget. And Bridget was small. And uh, so this, this creature was smaller than her. And a more telling feature um, is that she referred to it as that thing. Mm. Not as Our Lady. It was that thing. 
in fact, um, I, ha I have a friend who is who is a, a practicing medium as well on in in uh, Maine, and she was in uh, Lords this year, if I, yes, this year, and she was pleading, pleading on her knees to leave. Her instinct was screaming at her, "Get the hell out of here." So there's a lot more of that happens, but of course we're not told about it. I get a lot of the information that comes back through the, the pipeline, but for the mainstream, nobody really gets to hear about this stuff. So that's why I challenge the shining ones. Um, who are they? What are they? What do they want? What do they really want? And why do they appear 10 years before major outbreaks of war? So that to me speaks again, speaks volumes. And the fact that they're appearing in magnetic anomalies that are also associated with sacrifice and blood worship. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, and it it's it's um you know, when the, when these uh miracles manifest, you know, and they get covered over by the church, it creates this huge following of people. They they have no idea what they're actually Fed into it, like yeah. yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. Twenty seconds. That that. Mm, do I like this person? I, I I'm one of those people that I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Yes. <laughs> and I'll just move move on, move on. But yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, that I never really thought about it as a time frame kind of thing, but that's that's interesting. Um, and I did. I was I was quite interested in in what you were saying in your book about how they had covered over or basically you know the the mary visions they're they're covering that over as well kind of like this is you know watch over here kind of thing it's it's, it's fascinating yeah. and you have a a, a a and you do you have this huge wide range of people that are going to give you information you get to collect all this and yes. i really appreciate you making it you know accessible to everybody to be able to digest it in a way that makes sense and is you know we can go oh and now i see that how that relates to what we actually do in real mm -hmm. life so mm -hmm. um awesome awesome what kind of what kind of ghost hunting questions do we have chris i'm still stuck on looking at this theory that on i'm still fucking i'm still stuck on this theory because right, i've got my friend that i talked to right and it, it's making me think who is he because when he comes to me, he's he's told me he's told me he's he's. Oh, I don't even think he's a he. Right, I don't know if he's a he or a she. Right, but he's told me that over the years, over the thousands of years, he's played different people. So it's making me wonder who is this entity. I mean, Lisa, you you're in the same boat as me because you've got is it Oz that comes to you? And... <laughs> yeah, Oz, and I even hate to say I work with a collective of the Oracle of yeah. Delphi. Um, so the the women that have lost their lives over time, uh, it's a significant yeah. amount of women over over the you know that tradition that they did. Um, well, a lot a lot of the Oracle of Delphi, um, of course, shared similarities with a lot of the of the various areas back in the day where where communication was easier to happen, mm -hmm. where the veil was thinner. And, and the likes of of the Oracle of Delphi was interpreting what was coming through the right. veil through the doorways, right. which generally tends to be um, guarded. Well, not guarded, guarded would be the wrong term, but um, where the information was coming through on the on the, the mouths of right. serpents. 
And that, that's an interesting aspect because we find serpent worship goes back 70,000 years into Botswana. And so serpent worship is nothing new. It's, it's been right. going for a very, very long time. But when we cross that over and start looking at the connections with the mounds, with the stones, with the underground, like the Oracle of Delphi, yeah. and this connection with wisdom, Mm-hmm. Because the serpents were communicating wisdom from beyond, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and biblically, of course, this, this this idea of Eve, the female, um, working with the serpent at the tree of knowledge, and of course that became completely bastardized um, and changed into something that it wasn't meant to be. Um, but you know, the, the the Oracle of Delphi was another one of those key areas. Where, where we tended to find that these beings that were coming through were giving information on, on, um, communities, on how to rule communities, politics, government, weapons, war, and um, mm-hmm. all of that was being addressed. Now, when we move forward and we move into, into the modern 1960s, um, 1968, there was a, 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 a aeronautics firm um, Douglas something or other I can't remember the second name but um, they uh, they openly used um, money from from the corporation to make contact with aliens mm-hmm. through the use of a Ouija board now you, I know that we may, we, may, we may laugh at the idea but I've actually got the paperwork to show that this was being done um, yeah. They were trying to gain information on how to develop advanced engine design from so-called aliens um, by using Ouija boards. Now, when we go, we go and we look at this particular paperwork, I've got a red marker and I go, no, 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 I can see all the warning signs within this paperwork, which they were missing. Um, but um, the what this voice was was communicating what these what these voices were communicating were on 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 community behaviors on on sociology on warcraft on government it was the same stuff that was being delivered by through the the, the oracle of delphi and um, so the same stuff has been going on hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years but when we look at the idea of for instance um guardian spirits um, guardian angels. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's a great title, Guardian Angels. Um, w- you have to trace that back in, into time and see where that where that change was happening. You see, from when we go back into the Roman period, you've got this idea that anyone who was gifted with with the arts, with writing, with poetry, with music, um, um, they they were listening to their genius. Their genius was always outside, not inside, where we believe it is today. No, this was something that was outside influencing the way we react. So that, um, in principle, is the movement from our guardian angel back into genius. But when you push that back further, and a lot of people will resist the idea that genius is not connected to jinn, it is connected to jinn. Um, because when we go back into Syria and and uh, um, I can't remember Palmyra, um, the city that was heavily bombed, um, but uh, 
when we go back into Palmyra, that was the central focal point for for the development of working with gin um, and, and and aiding um, and having benefits of, of of gin accompany people across mm-hmm. the desert to keep them safe from the bad gin. Oh. Um, but it was all yeah. of the same coin. Um, so obviously we have to understand that what we're communicating with is nothing more than what was identified back um, 2,000 years as a, as a, as a gin. Um, and that goes back further and further and further. Um, Absolutely. And into Mesopotamia and beyond, because it does mm-hmm. go beyond, um, we, we lose the track, we lose the trail, uh, because there's no written word. Um, right. But we see oh, yeah. the idea of the mound builders. They do exist pre yeah. Mesopotamian time. You've got the Ubidians who have the mound builders there, um, and they were a very sophisticated culture as well. We know very, very little about them, though. But the mound builders, of course, we see moving from the Middle East across into Western Europe, and we see the mound, the mound building continuing um, over in the Americas as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I find very interesting, Barry. This is what I'm going to ask you here is, Obviously, they've travelled to Ireland and Scotland to build build those mounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Who were they an, inch, an ancient civilization that had very technological advanced, right? Because let's face it, they're travelling thousands of miles. What happened to them? Why? Because if they were still here, obviously, you probably wouldn't be. Was there some cataclysm? Was there some war? Why? There's there's some well um, from their particular standpoint yes it was it was good to continually move you know you want to redevelop you right. want to, to set up somewhere new but um, were they coming over in hundreds of thousands um, probably not um, you just needed enough to come across to get the movement rolling so to speak mm-hmm. uh, and and the DNA analysis has showed us that yes they were here from Mesopotamia. Um, that that's beyond doubt. Um, but uh, they they actually came down through the Orkney Islands first. Right. So they came down through Scotland first before they came to Ireland. Mm. Um, and and then um, um, Stonehenge would have been last one of the last structures built. Um, so uh, there there was a there was a lot going on at that particular time, but there's some controversial uh, um, analysis of the DNA which is which has been done recently, and it has shown that those particular builders of the passage chambers and the, the way that they mixed with the 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 people already here, mm-hmm. they were wiped out because the invading force that came in behind them destroyed the male lineage, so all of that knowledge is lost. So those people who were coming in are inheriting a land they know very little about. Um, so th- there was a lot of a lot of that um, we have to contend with, and that unfortunately is is, is a problem when we're do- when we're dealing with an oral tradition. Um, that when we roll into that particular type of of destruction, um, yeah. it really is virtually lost until we make connection, um, proper connection. Of course, from uh, from beyond. Lisa, would you like to ask any questions before we jump to the ghost hunting? 
Oh, no, I was just jumping to the ghost hunting. <laughs> Would you like to ask any ghost hunting questions? Because I know that you're an avid ghost hunter. Lisa, you know? I'm not as avid as I used to be. I uh, uh, So really, just really quickly, um, uh, my son was 10 years old when Ghost Hunters, the original, you know, come out. And that's how I got into all this, like, craziness in my life. Mm. And so we were very avid watchers over time. I need to know what your favorite investigation was. Oh, see, you've went pinch that one for me. You've used your psychic energies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not how it works. This isn't Hollywood. Get over it. No. <laughs> um, I would, uh, well, I, I think there, were, there was quite a few, but um, the likes of, of Costa Rica, um, it, it had its, its, its beautiful majesty at night um, because of the bioluminescence in the water that I saw for the first time. I'd never seen that mm. before. And so I, I was there witnessing that, and that made a huge impact on me. Um, the likes of uh, Nicaragua, um, we 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 stayed there, and uh, and I I climbed at night on top of of an old Mayan temple, and lay down okay. on stars as as the moon came over the top of the jungle canopy. I knew at that particular point that that was a once in a lifetime deal, and so I I I, I accepted that, and and and, and just. Um, lived in, in, in that moment. Um, Argentina, um, amazing horses, <laughs> and, uh, and I love horse riding. And uh, you horses. So. I suppose, I suppose, you know, when when we're looking at at the at the paranormal phenomena, um, there were some places that that I found really held a lot of of importance. And and one of those was uh, Dracula's castle in uh, in Panari, yeah. um, because we ended up <laughs> we we couldn't find Dracula. <laughs> we tried, we tried everything, and I even called him Mister. Um, and nothing, um, and uh, not nothing at all from him. But the night before. And, and Lisa, you will recognize this. Um, I was visited the night before by this, uh, by this, uh, energy who came on the back of, of lions. And it was a woman. And she was furious that I was there. Um, and I thought, what on earth is this about? Um, because there was no communication between her and, 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 and me. It was just her anger at, at me being at the castle. Um, what are you doing here? Leave now. Um, and I thought, okay, um, well, I don't know what this is in relation to. So we, we went up, we investigated the castle and nothing, not even so much as a, faust, a, a, a mouse fart did we record that. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it was pretty much, it was pretty much um, over. But during the EVP session, I, I, in my mind, I switched the EV questions the EVP questions from Vlad to this woman. And there was one class A response came back that particular night. Leave now. That was it. Now, it was, it was, it was a decade later from the work that I'm doing now that I find out that the symbol of the order of the dragon that Vlad's father was part of, um, was also a Babylonian esoteric symbol. Um, the woman who was standing on the back of the lions was Astarte, the goddess of war from Mesopotamia. What the wow. heck 
Were they practicing at that castle? <laughs> that is that, so cool, though. I mean, that, that's, that's high-level cool. stuff, man. Well, it's infuriating from my perspective because this is 10 years later. And I'm I know. It, you know. But what did you do to piss off Astarte? I mean, come on. <laughs> Just be there? <laughs> mm, you must have done something I mean, like, else. Pick up your toys and go home right now. That's... that's, that's um, High level stuff. The like the, um, the likes of the likes of that um, and, uh, and and Chillingham Castle was another one where I had, yeah. a, I had a visitation before the investigation happened. Um, and this particular um, lady, um, she appeared to me. She was she was deeply annoyed that that she was being associated with and and misrepresented by by. The lady in white, this lady Isabel or whatever her name was, who was said to flow around the place. Um, she was annoyed because this, this girl was, she said, she said to me, I am that person. She showed me the way that she died. She showed me where she died. She showed me where she come from in London. And uh, she showed me the, 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 the direction the stream ran. And the side that it ran down the castle. I knew none of this. She also showed me the inside of the castle, the way the layout was when she stayed there. And uh, when we arrived at location, um, I immediately went to the stream and found it where it was that she showed me. Um, the direction of the stream was also correct. Um, and it was near the end of the investigation we were in the library because the, 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 the layout of, of the place was, was different. It wasn't what she had showed me. And I thought, oh, well, this is just nonsense. It's my own imagination. And in the library, we came across the maps from the 1970s, or the plans of the 1970s, and there was the apartment the way that she had showed me. Um, now, she also showed me where her remains were. Oh. oh, but I didn't do it. I oh. didn't look because if we go and we find remains, then the whole place is shut down. Right. Um, and and for a, a you know an investigation that's costing um, a huge amount of money, um, the last thing I want to do is to get the thing shut down. Um, so I, I chose to step back from that. I had I, I understood who she was, um, mm -hmm. and that she was not lady whoever. Um, mm -hmm. I recognised that, um, but uh, but I couldn't I, I, I couldn't go to where her bones were. Mm -hmm. No, that's, no. I mean that's that's, what, that's, that's a sin. To think she she's probably still there. Probably oh, sure, yeah, still yeah. There. more more than likely still there. Yeah. yeah. Right, can I ask you, has anything ever followed you home to the home oh, that you're in right now? Of course, many times. Many times. You know, I hear Lisa talking about, oh, you know, these things follow you home. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, there are there are defences that, that we can use, which yeah. uh, one in particular that I find is, is more or less bulletproof. Um, there are there are some that that will say well you know you can go through the the esoteric practice of covering yourself in light and and all the rest. Mm. Um, really, you, your own defenses are going to be your responsibility. Um, and uh, but as a as as a as a blunt instrument, I find mm. that iron is very very good. And amulet, yeah. and amulet in the neck yeah. and amulet is exceptionally good. 
Um, and uh, again, you know, when we look at this at this crossing of the phenomena into the different periods uh, or into the different mm-hmm. identities, if we go back into the Semitic um, um, demons, the incubus and mm-hmm. succubus, nine times out of ten they attack women more than men, and they attack the women. They wait. Um, they attack the women um, usually as they enter their monthly cycle when they become anemic. The iron count goes down in the body. So it's it's, it's almost like waiting on on their prey, and they can't affect us any other way. Um, So that's an important thing to remember. It makes you interesting, very interesting that, because it makes you, these entities have obviously got a a sensitive to iron. Yes, they they have a Um, the jinn, the jinn can be can be um, annihilated with with iron, and um, the fairy can be um, dissuaded with with iron. The evil eye can be dissuaded with iron. Again, iron is, is a good all rounder, and um, because we're probably possibly looking at the same blasted source of the phenomena, um, it just comes in different appearances. Question for you, Barry: How mm-hmm. did it all start for you? And the ghost hunt, obviously I know you've told us before about this, but how did it all start on the TV side? How did it all start for you on the TV side? Um, how did you get into that? They were, they were uh, the, the ghost hunters team were coming across to Ireland um, and they were investigating Let Castle. And they needed, they needed someone there, just like a, a fixer. And mm-hmm. I was asked, would I, would I consider doing it? And I said, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. And... And whenever I arrived there, I find out that Steve Gonzalez was afraid to fly. So they were one man down, and they said, would you mind going in front of the camera? And I said, yeah, sure, whatever, yeah. that's fine. Um, and, and lo and behold, it turned out to be one of the highest rated shows in the in the series history. And about uh, several, maybe several months after that, I got a phone call at home. And uh, it was from Los Angeles, and they said, we're, we're doing a spin-off show, we're doing a an international show, would you consider joining the team? And I'm like, sure, yeah. And and that was it. So. I, was, I, I honestly, I, I loved the show. I mean, I would sit down and look mm-hmm. forward to coming on. You know, it was, it was kind of my highlight of the week. Yeah, I was, I was really, you know, for, from our perspective, um, we really wanted to try and, and break away from the cookie-cutter format. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I, after we had finished um, season season uh, three and a half, um, I flew down to Singapore, um, and and there we I was arranging locations there that we would investigate, mm-hmm. which were going to challenge the team physically, never mind yeah. spiritually, because I, I felt that we need, that there needed to be more there to connect us to the phenomena, um, and uh, and I wanted I wanted to show what we were going through to get to these places because, mm-hmm. you know, of course, all of a sudden we're there, we're on the radio, we're talking to each other, what's, what's happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't know how we were getting there, what trouble we were facing to get there. Yeah. Um, the amount of, 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 of um, things that we had to go through and, 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 mm-hmm. and get things organized and, and, and never mind try and get our equipment released from being seized by various different yeah. scrupulous um, people, um, you know, it, 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 it was a it was a complication, and, and you know, there's one investigation that we were going to, and the, the local authorities were were cutting people with machetes, um, within hours before we arrived, 
To me, there was great value in showing this. And this is the world, not not right. not this 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 Las Vegas one. This yeah. is the world that we live in. Um, oh yeah. This is what we have to go through to do this, and which I thought that there was that was a wasted opportunity. I felt, um, and it was something that we wanted to readdress, um, but that wasn't to be. Um, and uh, that was that. Your your show so, was brilliant. Yeah. I, no, no, no. Your, uh, your, your show was brilliant. There was one of the cases, and I can't remember its location. It was a fort. I think it was South America. Was it? It was some type of fort, and somebody got attacked. Do you know what that one was? I'll, I'll see if I can remember what that was. You better go, Lisa. Okay. <laughs> um, no. So um, what I wanted to say, uh, well, I actually want to ask is, did you do you find that from the time you started doing investigations to the time that that all concluded that you found a deeper connection to spirit, like you could pick things up more, just reaching out there, asking for information? Do you find you had more communication just naturally evolve because of what mm. you were doing? Um, I would probably have to say no. Um, you see, when I started out in this, in this, Lisa, um, I was very much adamant and convinced science will answer everything. There is nothing else. It's all science. Um, but from in in regards to mediumship, I thought no, this this isn't possible. You know, there's there's there is there is here and now with our senses, and then there's. The next step over is imagination. Mm -hmm. So I needed to put myself, my own neck on the line and understand, well, how, what do they believe they're experiencing? Um, and I went through, I went through a course to develop mediumship um, ability. Mm -hmm. And it was during that initial first, first day that I was introduced to the phenomena and I realized there is a fine line between imagination and psychic ability and mediumship tendencies. And, and, and from that particular point, then I moved across to that, explored that particular area. And I have used it ever since. Now, I, I think probably coming from a Celtic heritage, um, that is, is much easier possibly from my standpoint. And from coming from the island here in Ireland, uh, it, it, it was, was easier for me as well. Granted, uh, we do have the church, the controlling factor of the church, but outside of that, in the countryside and things like that, you know, we we have great freedoms to explore our spiritual sides and, and connect to the land and the things that's in the land. Um, so uh, yeah, that all that all helped develop in what what I did, and and behind the camera because we weren't allowed to show any of that stuff. Right. Um, we had yeah. to keep it all scientific. Now, my argument was that it's not scientific. Um, it's no more scientific than a fly crawling up a wall. Um, and I nearly got fired because because I wouldn't use the term scientific. Um, I said we're doing a technical investigation into the paranormal. That's the line I'm going to give you. Well, right. we that you know we're going to have to phone Los Angeles and you could get fired from this. And I said, well, that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. Um, and, uh, and, and then they came back and said, okay, we're going to accept that line. And, and that was it. Um, so. yeah. I, I do love, and I think what I liked about Ghost Hunters International was 
um, was the aspect of you, you you looked at it very practically and did try to figure out what was going on oh, uh, instead of yeah. just running in there and trying to gather information and then looking at the hind end of it going say well this sounds like you know and right now I, I don't watch any ghost programs at the moment because yeah it's all fluff it, it, yeah. it's a, a lot of it's uh, not all of it but uh, most no, of it there's, there's quite there's a couple out there that I watch I watch like the Holzer files and stuff like that that was good. That was good. But the other kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like things. I don't like people going out and poking at energies. Like, oh, come mm. out of your, you know, uh, no. Yeah. 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 So, so, Barry, do you, do you think you'll ever be back on TV again? Do you think you'll be restarting the gang up again? Um, I, would, I would imagine that the gang won't be starting up, but uh, who knows what's ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can say in that particular. Oh, well, is, is there something you're not telling us? Oh, obviously. Oh, you'll need to tell us, you know. So, Lisa, would you like to ask anything else before we end the show? Uh, I have like tons of questions, but we also have. No, 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 no. I want to know when you guys are going to Dracula's castle. Uh, I, I saw Dakota say you guys are going to Dracula's castle. What? <laughs> what? I like to travel. Anyhow. Um, just letting you know that uh, <laughs> I travel a lot. Okay, uh, and I'm just saying Dakota's in the chat, mother co-host. He's saying he wants to take me to Dracula's castle. You know, so we, we could all go together to begin an adventure. We'll take well, there was four, four main castles, so make sure you get the right. Ah, that's why we'll take you. You can show us where to go. Yeah, we'll figure that one out. Yeah, uh, so, um, but you guys, I'd like to say again, uh, make sure you go out and, and, and get yeah. his new book, The Deceptions of yeah. God, and then he has a plethora of other books over here, uh, The Myths of Gods, uh, a Legend Seekers uh, uh, series, um, The Banshee, The Malice of Darkness, and a couple other books that I, I have a list here, you guys, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure that there's links to be able to find them. Interesting. Everything is below all the links, and if you go to our website, you will find all the links there too to Barry's books, every book that he's done. Everything awesome. is there, so please, guys, please. Per- perfect time of the year. It's coming. Christmas is not far away, you know. <laughs> time to buy a present for someone that likes reading the book, you know. And I, buy, yeah, and I have to gone. say, it really does spark your thought processes. So the, the, the deceptions of, of God, I mean, I, I was sitting, my husband's tired, so tired of me calling him about it because I'm like, oh, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 listen to this, listen to this. So um, he doesn't even have to listen to the, listen to the book anymore because I've already done that. And um, so it really does spark your thought processes, you guys. And, you know, we do encourage uh, a lot of people in the chat are from My Mystical Life. And we really do encourage, like, bouncing ideas off of each other mm-hmm. because nobody is going to be have the one solution, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And right. uh and they know we like to put science to stuff too. So <laughs> this is my kind of talk here. I like this. Well, I've actually I've actually started reading it again. I read it really quick over the space of four days, so I've started going slow, slower. This time I was. Like, I need to get the actual book. I need to get the actual books. Uh, you know, oh, I can no, listen to the, the audio, book. but I really need to to be able to read it and and to digest it. I want to get my one signed by you, Barry. One of these days, if we ever meet up, I need to mind signed. One of these days, yep, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows yeah. where the future will have me? Yeah. But, uh, Paths cross. I will bring a yeah. pen. Well, there you go. Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. Awesome. And, yep. I'm coming so to Ireland to... eventually. 
coming. It's happening. I don't know when. It's going to be a good, a chap at your door, Barry. There's a American yeah, woman's going like, to stand hey. in your suitcase. <laughs> My husband will be with me now. Go. Would you just shut her up? Just talk to her for like a couple hours and just shut her up. No, he would never say that. No, no, no. But, uh... <laughs> oh, oh dear, I just don't know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, tonight has been fantastic. I'll talk to Barry and Lisa behind the scenes once we end this. And tomorrow night we are talking to Mike the Naked Bigfoot. We are talking to the real truth, Mike the Naked Bigfoot. I know it's a brilliant name that he's got. But actually, he's a, he's a voodoo priest, and we're actually going to be talking about the real zombification and voodoo culture. The real zombification. So obviously, no, the... You know, the made up stuff the, 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 yeah. the Walking Dead and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, I'll play the credits and I'll see you all tomorrow night. And thank you, everybody, for coming. And please visit and buy his book for Christmas. Buy it for anybody, your uncle, your auntie, everybody yeah. can have it, you know? <laughs> right. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Lord! Lord!